welcome to episode, well, let me check the doc, 79, Evolve the Crossbar. Feels good. Ray also like podcast. 79 is a good number. 79 is the new 65. It's retirement age. It's when you can technically join the AARP. <laughs> it's retirement age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The cooler thing about life expectancy getting shorter is like less time, less waste, less wasted time after you retire, you know? Yeah. Hate, <laughs> hate all that extra. Like maybe humans have been living too long. Do you remember when like Rahm Emanuel's brother wrote that op-ed? I remember that. About that? He was no. like, maybe humans are living too long. Like, because that what are you even the... doing after? Yeah. And the whole theme of it was like, you're not productive after 68 years old. Yeah. Like, you don't bring any money to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, how much value do you really have in society? You're just yeah, a I love taking like the efficiency argument for everything and applying it to just human life, <laughs> just your lifespan. Just oh, to efficient during these years. Just to grandma. Grandma, you're not efficient enough, so you got to go. Yeah, you're being optimized. <laughs> uh, so. I do remember that article. That was one of the things. I get mad at things that I see on Twitter, like, often. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of Twitter, right? Right, yeah. But that so. was... Oh, I'm still mad about that. And that was months ago. Yeah. That, yeah, that might have been like that was like probably the first six months of the pandemic. So that was at Give least take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was right around the time when they were trying to normalize old death. <laughs> and they're like, no, this is fine that it's only old people dying. Don't worry about it. So yeah, episode 79 then. <laughs> yeah. It's of a That's local good. soccer podcast. That's right. Yeah. Um and let's uh start as tradition dictates by talking about anything that's not soccer. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, how, well, okay, I'll start social hour today. How about that? Yeah, yeah let's go. I'll go. I'll go. I think mine's pretty quick. I, I mean, I haven't really been doing much since last week, but I did go to play some pickup with the RSL show guys. How was that? Uh, and a bunch of other people. It was fun. It was really good. I, I mean, it was really cold. So it was last Saturday, which like the low on that day was like nine degrees. Ugh. And so I put on like I had cleats and I like ran out onto the field like that. Uh, like in Cottonwood Heights or wherever where we normally play. And I instantly just like, like, like slid across the ground as if I were wearing cleats on concrete. It was like, just, just like slipped. It was very, it was very chilly, but, uh, um, it was fine except for the fact that I, I knew that I can't see much out of my right eye, but I kind of underestimated just how much my depth perception still sucks. Mm. So like, it was rough. It was it was it wasn't a great showing from me. Uh, but you know, I made it an appearance in Andy's video shouting out RSL soapbox. So I think I did my job. Thank you. So you did what you were paid to do anyway. That's we'll right. So shiny nickel. And boy, what a nickel it'll be. And yeah, so I did that. Um okay. finished the second okay. season of Broadchurch, which is great. Really yeah. loving that show. Uh gonna start the third season probably tonight. Um, what else has been going on? Not not a whole lot. Just been hanging out, been working and uh yeah, doing doing that kind of thing. I did uh well, actually I'll save that I'll save that for a couple weeks from now when I learn more about. Anyway, uh yeah, I think that's it though. <laughs> um I had uh Dayuni. Did you apply for a bionic eye? 
<laughs> I wish I like I would do anything to become more bionic at this point. Yeah. Anything fair. to replace my uh, broken organs would be would be probably I mean, I want I want to be optimized in that kind of way. I was going to yeah. say, would a bionic eye make you more efficient? I, if I had like an H like a HUD screen like pulled up. Oh, yeah. And I was like Master Chief. Absolutely. If I could get a Cortana situation going on in my head as well, that yeah. would be sweet um but yeah anyway so nothing too crazy for me it's been it's been uh it's pretty pretty mellow i unfortunately watched some uh real salt lake soccer over the weekend uh i did also watch i don't know if you guys caught any part of it but like the same day like the best one of the best games i've seen a lot in quite some time it was the uh carabao cup final with liverpool and chelsea it was uh it was fantastic. It was a zero zero draw after like five goals were called back throughout regulation and extra time. And then uh, Chelsea subbed in um, their, uh, I guess, penalty kick expert, Ugh. which to be fair, he's he is good at penalty kicks. Uh, what's his face? Um, but anyway, he uh, it went to I mean, it was 10 10 and then uh Liverpool's cupkeeper Kelleher scored his to make it 11-10 and then um I literally can't remember his last name right now. Uh, it's Keppa. It's Keppa. I don't know Kepa? his last. It's Keppa. I don't know his last name though. It's really hard to say. But anyway, so Keppa steps up and just absolutely shanks it to lose the cup final for Chelsea which uh was fun for me. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, Ira. so that was good. Ariza Balaga. Ariza Balaga. Yeah. There we go. Oh, he's is he Spanish? Yeah, he's Spanish. Okay. Oh, so would it be Aretha Balaga? Aretha Balaga. Yeah, he was like, like rolled R, so it'd be like Aretha Balaga. Something yeah, like that. and very interesting. Like things that. Well, first of all, he was. I think he was the most expensive goalkeeper transfer in Premier League history when he yeah, joined Chelsea. That sounds um, familiar. F- fall from grace, replaced by Edward Mendy. Uh, the Senegalese goalkeeper who won the African Cup of Nations with Sadio Mane uh, a few months ago or a couple month ago. I don't know how when it was. Yeah, January. And um, against uh, Mohamed Salah. And that game went to penalties. Mm. And uh, Mendy was quite the hero. And then he got subbed out for this final and then didn't get a chance to prove himself despite having like an incredible game. So pretty weird situation there i don't i mean if you make a substitution right before a penalty shootout to try to affect it one way or the other you either get like called stupid or a genius like like there's nothing in between so um yeah anyway i i there was also like a war that happened i don't know if that's part of my social oh, hour yeah. but that's going yeah. on which is stressful yes it is i like i was thinking about like what i've been paying attention to the last week and i realized that there were like multiple days where i was just like watching like coverage for like like through my work day into the evenings and like at night so i that's that's what was going on so yeah um yeah so that sucks really bad yeah i mean shout out to I work with a bunch of ukrainians and uh yeah it is I, it is weird right now mm-hmm. yeah there are a couple of guys from ukraine uh who they're not contractors but like they live here uh mm. That, that I work with as well. But yeah, I was going to ask you because I know you guys have like Ukrainian devs. Yeah. but And are they in, I mean, they're in Ukraine somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. A I lot mean, of them are in like Lviv or Ivana Frankisk. Uh, mm. So, so much further West, but as we've seen, that doesn't really mean anything now. Yeah. 
those Which have yeah. been the better spots to be in but yeah i mean like when when crimea was annexed in what 2014 2014 wow longer than i thought um you know they were kept you know pretty protected from that but right there's only so much you can do now yeah it's really sad yeah yeah um i'm sure removing like russia international team from fifa is gonna fix it all so it's crazy, like uh, Romana Abramovich selling Chelsea, which is pretty wild. Well, and everyone's going to say it's about time, right? Well, what's, I mean, what's interesting, though, is that he has been, like, as far as soccer owners go, if, you, if you're able to, in a vacuum, just ignore <laughs> everything else, like how he earned his wealth, etc., I mean, he's he's heavily invested into that club. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. So if, as far like as far as soccer owners go, like he doesn't get the same type of like uh, shtick that like the Glazers get for Manchester United, for instance, or like the Fenway <laughs> group for Liverpool gets because or, uh, Stan Kroenke. Yeah, exactly. Because he just pours money into the club. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. So like there's I mean, I know, like I know there are probably it's certainly bittersweet for most Chelsea fans, but it's like when their ownership's up in the air, there's always a chance of, I don't know, the Spotify owner or something buying your club or like magic Johnson's ownership group. And you just become part of like a portfolio of, of, uh, little tabs in a, in a folder. So, you know, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Weird times. Yeah, it does. It does feel familiar. But anyway, Trevor, what have you been up to, man? You play, um, you play an Elden Ring? No. Okay. No, I did. Um, I had my roommate text me about getting a PS5. And I was like, yes, please give me a PS5. Do whatever you have to do. And then he was like, oh, my boss mentioned yesterday that she was probably going to sell hers because they don't use it that much. Mm. So I'll talk to her about it today. And I was like, that's awesome. Please do that. And then he came home from work and I was like, so do I have a PS five? And he's like, Oh, uh, her mother-in-law just died or some relative died like Aww. that day. So he was like, so I didn't really want to bring it up. Yeah. And I was like, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, you could argue that's the best time to bring it up when they're the most vulnerable. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I so hope he, you, I hope you get that figured out at some point. Well, if you do too. get one, will you get Elden ring? From what I've heard of it, I will not be getting Elden Ring. Um, oh. And let me tell you why, because I've been told that it is in the same vein as like Bloodborne and Dark Souls as yeah, far as a, like game a from, style. a From Software game, which that's who makes those. And then the other thing I've heard is that is it is hard as H-word. It's very, <laughs> very difficult to play. Horatio Hornblower, I think. It's, yeah, that's yeah. it's very it's a very difficult game, and Probably it's one of those you're allowed to say hell on the podcast. Yeah. It's hard as hell, is what I've been told. Yeah, and it's one of those where like you die, and then you just have to go to the checkpoint and then like restart over. And they don't have like any difficulty setting. They don't right. have it's like the game is the game. Yeah, like the, yeah, the game's the game. Which I understand why people like that. I don't. I would be miserable playing that game. Yeah, so, you kind of have to have like a certain level of like mental fortitude when it comes to like the games like that, where you are like memorizing like bosses movements and like like that type of thing. Like it's like yeah. a men- it's like a real mental challenge. Yeah, which sometimes I, can be fun, but there can, I can also 
drive me insane yeah I'm, I'm sure they're very fun but i like i just don't have the patience i think is yeah. really what it is for those games when i'm playing games like that i've played those style that type of game before and i i don't enjoy it yeah so, interesting okay. probably not but i would be getting uh the horizon zero dawn forbidden west like day one and then just playing that until i finished it yeah nice that's cool so then, okay so no ps5 yet but no what PS5 has yet. been going on um i have been sick for the last couple of days um my boss showed up or didn't show up on last tuesday Mm -hmm. said he had a really bad headache took the day off whatever then wednesday was the same thing Mm. and then he came to work on thursday and i ran into him for like 10 minutes and was just talking to him and he it was at like two o'clock in the afternoon and he was like i'm probably just gonna head home early i still don't really i'm not 100 percent yet and then he wasn't there on Friday and everybody was like, okay, so did you have COVID or what? And he said he <laughs> yeah. tested multiple times and like, he only just had like, he described it as basically like a migraine headache. It was just a splitting headache, like all day. Yes. And is that what you've got going? You just headache town right now? I wasn't in headache town, um, but I did wake up with a sore throat on Monday Ooh. and I like got up, got in the car and was like got showered was ready to go to work because like sometimes i wake up with a sore throat i breathe through my mouth with my mouth open so sometimes my throat's sore and usually it's fine by the time i wake up and like get in the shower and get humidity going like it goes away and it's fine but i got out in the car and like started it and then was just not feeling very good on top of the sore throat Mm -hmm. and so i was like forget it and just went back inside um didn't go to work Monday, didn't go to work Tuesday because it was way worse on Tuesday. Uh, but today I feel fine. I feel great. So we're nice. good. I took an at-home COVID test and it was negative and I don't think it was COVID anyway because it was just like a sore throat and a general like yucky feeling and a little bit of a headache. But um, I did get to play a lot of Counter-Strike over the last two days. <laughs> nice. I think I put like a solid like between Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, it was like a solid 25 hours of Counter-Strike. Do you play on PC or do you play on console? I play on PC, and as a result, I am terrible. Like, I don't do PC <laughs> gaming. I've never done PC gaming. Yeah, PC so, gaming is hard. Like, having, like, a precision game, like, where your mouse is your pointer, completely new to me, and I'm very bad at it. But, that said, if anybody does play Counter-Strike, let me know. I want to play with people. It's a lot of fun. Even if I'm not that great, it's genuinely one of the funnest games I've played in a long time. Nice. I love yeah. that. I haven't played in like a decade. But it was a fun game when I played, so. Yeah. Have you have you spent like uh like an inordinate amount of money on like a on like a gun skin or something? I know like no. Counter-Strike is like one of the examples of like kind of like what NFTs yep. could oh. be or whatever, I guess, in you like having at least some type of digital utility. But I, I know I know there's like people that have like a portfolio of uh, Counter-Strike skins that are that's worth like a million dollars or something. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did like look into that. I didn't realize that like skinned you they like cost money and the yeah. amount like the value goes up and down. Isn't that crazy? And, yeah. And yeah. I know that there's like a whole like stock market kind of yeah. gambling kind of aspect to it where like you can get a skin and hold on to it. And if everybody holds on to it, it drives the value up and yeah. sell it. So Pretty I know wild. there's that whole aspect to it. And when I first learned about it, I was like, oh, so these skins are probably like anywhere from like a dollar to like $10. Like nobody's spending more than that yeah. on these skins. 
and there are skins that are legitimately like two thousand dollars yeah <laughs> yeah ridiculous. yeah people spend like yeah like people have like hundreds and thousands of dollars of yeah like bunch of skins it's crazy yeah and like the I, whole loot box thing is very interesting like there's a whole it's it relates to fifa as well because um the european union is a lot more strict on like allowing kids to straight up gamble online essentially (laughs) because that's that's like i mean which is a good thing (laughs) um so like there's like fifa's had to do a lot of different things like essentially um in response to the european union being like yo we'll ban your game if you don't like do if you don't make changes because like fifa ultimate team has similar things where people where people are spending you know thousands and thousands of dollars for specific like players that they can use in game but like oh i want to buy like a prime uh r9 card like a ronaldo card and that that's like at the beginning of the game is legitimately like over a thousand dollars of like what equates to usd but is in-game currency it's crazy Uh, yeah yeah so no to answer your question i don't buy anything <laughs> yeah i like the whole like microtransaction aspect of like video games i'm like morally opposed to yeah i feel like if you want me to pay for stuff like i'm gonna pay for the game and then i should get all the features with the game and if you want to like release new content or like new maps or whatever and make people pay for that like that makes sense mm-hmm. but if you just have like skins that you like earn and then sell and then trade or whatever like i'll earn skins and i'll get skins and i'll have the ones that i get but i'm not interested in like spending money on skins that seems silly but you do um wild you mentioned like loot crates you do have loot crates yeah and you do some of the crates you do have to spend like a dollar or two or three dollars whatever to open them but they have like a wide range of stuff in there and you can just sell the crate to somebody Hmm. um and so this you is like, a, to be clear this is a first person shooter yeah that's all it is <laughs> and it's like it's the same so five wild. maps it's been the same five maps for 100 years yeah it's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's such an interesting like i i yeah i don't play counter-strike i think it's super interesting though and i think it's yeah. really interesting when thinking about like uh nfts in particular and how like uh silicon valley in general but like people are starting uh, like what the potential utility of them could be or what like the promise is i guess but yeah um yeah because i'm pretty sure that's the only the only thing i'm aware of where there's a nft that actually has some type of utility and it's it's in a it's it's an actual thing that you can like see and be like that's mine and i own a piece of that yeah and I, i don't know if they're I mean, they probably aren't referred to as NFTs in Counter-Strike that I'm aware of, no. but that's essentially what it, it is. Yeah, yeah, just uh, without some meaningless blockchain technology underlying it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's just the Steam market, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, yeah, so that and was NF- the only thing I was going to spend money on was like if I get stuff that I don't want and just sell it, then I might use that money that it just like goes to your Steam account and then you can use it to buy stuff in-game, so. Nice get stickers yeah. and skins and stuff like that through it but right. no i'm not planning on spending any extra money on this game you should just get that have, now yeah i say that now i do have a prime account um though so i did like buy the full game so that kind of nice. matters yeah i have a, i, I kind of want to i 
really i just miss halo so any like first person shooter that sounds interesting to me i should just play the new halo i don't know why i haven't but anyway matt what's going on with you um i'm still playing a lot of breath of the wild uh which still holding up really well i actually never played through the dlc um so i'm going to do that uh and then i thought oh maybe i'll play elden ring next um and then i saw the release date for rune factory 5 in the u.s which mm. I love the Rune Factory series and Story of Seasons and Harvest Moon. Like any game where I just wander around farming <laughs> for like eight hours at a time is good in my book. Yeah. Uh, which may not sound exciting and it's probably not. Uh, but, you know, other than That's, that. That sounds relaxing. I finally, uh, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time. I got one of those giant cans of to- like crushed tomatoes from Caputo's. Yeah. Okay. And like four pounds of ground beef and uh, two pounds of bacon. And I made just a, a very hearty meat sauce. Uh, a gravy, if you will. Yeah, almost. Uh, and like, it was, you know, what the Sopranos call it. Sorry. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my confession. Call, uh, <laughs> it's, a very Ita- yeah. Yeah, it's a very Italian American thing to call oh. it red sauce or a meat sauce gravy. I still need to watch. Uh, the Sopranos. I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. Hey, man. All right. What you really need to do is get involved with some local Italian Americans. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <apparently. laughs> we have a local uh, mafia chapter I could join. <laughs> I wish, because you know we'd be there together. <laughs> uh, other than that, like I'm feeling like 99 percent recovered from COVID, good. so things are good. That's good. And uh, yeah, just you know, <clears throat> distracted by everything in ukraine and it's not really any way around that it's just the way the world is now it's it's honestly like pretty terrifying i could i'm i don't know i've got a bazillion thoughts about it but like it's just bad just uh it's all really bad and i think everyone can agree on that or, or yeah absolutely you think yeah that it's uh, it's bad and what russia's doing is bad what putin yeah. really is doing there's a lot yeah. of like a lot of people dabbling in just general anti-russian sentiment which is just confusing to me but yeah and uh you know that's always i mean that's that's part of wartime right it's, yeah it's always how it goes and it gets harnessed into some xenophobia and yeah. we end up in a, a worse place than we were but yeah I know it sucks. It's yep. bad. That's my social hour. Like I, it has not been, I mean, I guess I had a birthday last week, but I didn't, you know, didn't do Ukraine anything crazy. Kind of huh? popped off, uh, like the night before. So it, mm-hmm. you know, it's been, uh, kind of all consuming. Yeah, it really is. But, um, oh, I guess I, I did do one thing last oh, yeah. Friday that I forgot to mention. So, you know how you have friends, that have certain toxic traits traits that you have to indulge in because they're your friends sometimes. Yeah. Is this about Trevor? No, (laughs) Okay, it's not. It's about some friends I have who it's this couple and they have their birthdays are about uh, like five days apart or something. So they usually do like just like a combined birthday thing. Okay. So, and I love them both so dearly, but every year I, 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 the last time I went was two years ago because it was uh, during COVID. But mm. they make us go to this 
uh, Western themed bar called the Westerner out on Redwood oh, Road yeah. in Taylorsville. I know the one. Yep. And we have to do that once a year. <laughs> and that lucky day was last Friday. And it is just so absolutely not like my thing it's to not- like any degree. <laughs> and I struggle so hard every year. <laughs> the Westerner and- Club. Oh, they have karaoke every night. Oh, it's yeah. They have a like mechanical bowl and everything too. It's not oh. necessarily. It's mainly like okay. If you want to talk, like I, I, when this happens, I sometimes get, like I get to see other friends who I don't see as much, and so I like to talk to them. Yeah, Pro- it's just so uh, like aggressively loud in there that it's oh. like it's so uncomfortable, and yeah. yeah, I have to be yelling to talk to my friends every time I like leave. I feel like I've just been at a concert like screaming. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, I did that. Um, and I saw one of the Alpha Con guys there. Oh, cool! Which one? Uh, I saw that Jimmy Rex guy. Did you get his autograph? <laughs> yeah, and I called him short because he's shorter than me. No, I didn't do that. Um, no, I just was like, "I, you look." I was like, "That guy looks so familiar." And I was trying to place him, and I was like, "Oh shoot, it's that dude. <laughs> it's the Alpha. It's one of the Alphas. <laughs> he's a social realtor. Yeah, he's ugh, something. Ugh, I mean, it's ugh. a bunch of guys who just make money." pretending to tell you how to make money right like it's just they're all just like they're all just personalities and they're trying to pretend like they're selling you some secret but it's like you know that's not how any of this works if they would just be doing more of that if there was some big secret but anyway so yeah shout out to the westerner (laughs) went to in and out after though and oh nice sometimes in and out like late at night is just like the best thing ever and i like little protein style burger with some mm-hmm. fries and like when those fries are fresh whew. yeah i mean they're always like pretty fresh but when they're like straight out of the, the fryer it's just it's good times it's good eating trevor you know okay yeah, so we're looking know. at the westerner like this has to be the worst facade for like a western themed bar oh no it is not good um but also looking at google maps the sprinklers are on in the middle of the day when uh, this uh, was taken in street that's irresponsible. Video. That's a yeah. political choice that they're making. And I think we should uh, <laughs> probably start a movement against them. Oh, and it's even getting the sidewalk a lot. This is bad. Let me just uh, take a screenshot of this and send they're, it to the governor. They're building a barbecue so place. The president. Yeah, they're building a barbecue place like right next to it, which kind of sounds pretty good because I've been really into barbecue f- food lately. Oh, it just sounds so good. God, like, guys. Okay. He, um, so, I mean, I know, like, uh, there's probably people that have strong opinions about whether, like, R&R is, like, legit barbecue, like, whatever. I don't care. But I uh, was at a jazz game, like, a few weeks ago, and uh, they have an R&R in the stadium, which is great. And it's, like, yeah. it's more of, like, a full-functioning uh, R&R. Like, they have more options than they, the one they, that at the at the RSL stadium. So Okay. Um, and so, like... Uh, Carly and I just got like a, a two meat plate. We split it just, and for the, the meat we did just like double brisket, like both were just brisket and it was, and it was like fantastic. Like they'd like hooked it up with like a good amount of food and it was nice. like, we just split the plate and it was like the perfect amount and it was a lot and it was great coleslaw and like baked beans. It was just delicious. So the other day we were trying to figure out like what to do for dinner and we were like, had like kind of like a long stressful day. So we were just like. All right, let's well, let's order food. So we ordered from like DoorDash from R and R, and it sounded really good. We did the three. Oh, this was actually before uh, the Westerner because we like Carly was getting ready. We didn't have time to make dinner, etc. So 
we were like, okay, we're ordering food and we got the food and it, they, they like, we did the three meat plate this time. And I was like, okay, like we're going to get even more than last time. This is great. At the, like from the jazz game. And we got like, it's probably half the amount of meat as we got really? at the jazz stadium one. And I was like, that is fascinating. Like we paid, I think it's like the, probably the same price, but like it was way more food at the jazz one. So I mean, huh. now I'm just convinced the R and R at the jazz stadium is like the hidden gem of R and R is because they just really, really hooked it up that day. Um, but anyway, I'm excited. I can't remember like Matt, when we were at the one at Rio Tinto, I know like there were like kind of limited options, but that lady yeah. did like make me some type of thing. I can't yeah, remember what it true. was and it was great. So I need yeah. to figure out what that was again, but if not tacos, uh, are always going to oh, be on the menu. So yeah. it's okay. Yep. I think the taco stand wasn't there that day, which is why I had to do the R and R and it was yeah. a whole upsetting evening until I got a nice woman R and R helping me out with a nice little meal I could eat. But anyway, so that's my social hour barbecue and the Westerner. It's my new thing. <laughs> um, Trevor just sent the menu for the, uh, the Westerner and they have uh, a menu like, of like food. Do they, Oh yeah, they do have food there. Yeah. Open it up and tell me what you think. Okay. Yeah. Just first it, impressions. I'm not going to spoil it, um, but it, it's something. If you remember, like, right at the oh beginning of your story. Oh, my goodness. Why, why is when that? When I said, oh, my God, that's what I was saying it to. Do you think we can buy this image from them and make it our logo? Do we, like, did John McNaughton design their logo? <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, we cannot do that, Matt. Okay. Because I won't allow you. But, uh, like, oh. I'm very sure that we could just take it and nobody would care. <laughs> Like, this isn't a protected image, right? It's amazing. Yeah, go to the Westerners menu. Check out that eagle. WesternerSLC.com and check out their menu. It is. You know, okay, here's the thing. Like, thing. I'm sure people do have, like, a lot of fun yeah. there. It's just, like, like I said, very much, like, just not my yeah, just thing. Not like, your vibe. It's not music. It's not music I like. It's not, like. Yeah. I mean, people are, people are fine. Like, that's not, like, I mean. I don't know. It seems like people have a really good time there. People play pool, do whatever. So maybe it's great. I just, it's just not my speed. Sounds yeah, very you know? much like uh, the Madison down in Provo that used to exist. <clears throat> yeah. Just like the bottom level was like a club setting. Yeah. Like a DJ and a dance stage and like it, the whole thing. Very, very loud. And upstairs it had the mechanical ball and the karaoke and the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that That's sounds what it right. sounds like. Yeah. All right, anyway. should we transition into news and rumors? Let's do it. Let's go. What's All first? Right. Oh, let's look at the doc. Yeah, so probably first up, doc. Uh, you've probably read about this over at rslsoapbox.com. <laughs> which I'm, I'm pause for dramatic effect there. Uh, Lucas Muller, uh, special correspondent for Off the Crossbar, reports that uh, one Mr. Savarino may be in for a return to, to Real Salt Lake and that he's interested in returning. And that the club's in discussions. And uh, yes. that's that's pretty big. That's interesting. <clears throat> that's and very nice. I know we often talk like we don't need to go back to the well of players that were important here. Um, but I think this is one of those rare cases where it would be a real coup if we were able to bring Savarino back in. What do you guys think? It would be. Here's the big thing. Is that Savarino's not like 35. Like, it wasn't like he had his heyday here several years ago and was pretty good, and now he's kind of bad, and we're just bringing him back because we need to make a signing that'll make the fans happy. Like, he's still a good player and a contributor at a really, like, a big team in Brazil. Like, it would be a big signing. 
not yep. the biggest signing we could possibly make and not the big signing that we would really be hoping for, but it would be a big signing. The, the, and this is getting like on the business side of it, which is probably boring for some people, but it would be interesting to me, like why RSL would buy him back in relation to the buyback clause. Like that was a big part of selling him was that we negotiated a, a I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was, it's like 40% uh, it was sell like on a clause, sizable right? sell on. Right. Yeah. So we'd basically just be forfeiting that. Or we'd be, yeah. I, forfeiting slash like also like getting a discount on his transfer fee, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know what that, that looks like. I don't know I how mean, that works. I feel, I feel like we'd offer whatever we'd offer and then they would just have to be like, we're not going to pay you money that you're paying us. So yeah, it would either be a discounted rate or they would just be like, well, the sell on only goes to clubs other than you. So on the off chance, and I I don't know what the story is with, with Sovereigno, like going to a different club in Brazil or Argentina or Europe, but let's say he did and wanted to and pushed for that move and he got sold for, let's say 10 million. I don't know if that's reasonable, but let's just go with it. That means that we're forfeiting $4 million to sign. Potentially, yeah. So if if that's on the table, I don't like that aspect of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd rather we get that $4 million and then reinvest it into somebody else. But if there's no chance of him moving on, if there's no interest of him going anywhere else, his contract's running out, like, yeah, bring him back. Whatever. It, as long as we're not, like, forfeiting a lot of money for a potential sale for him to move somewhere else, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and I guess that would be the thing, right? So, like, if his contract expires with, like, Athletic Minero, then, like, uh, and he signs a new one, then we don't get any of that, right? So, it has to be on his current contract. I don't he, I don't I actually think, know. Right? I think it might... Oh. It, that are is the, a are good selling clauses in perpetuity? Uh, <laughs> or is at least it just, like... like I think it's like more than the length of the contract because it's not related oh, okay. to a contract. Oh, really? It's related okay. to a transfer, right? Yeah. So it's got to be it, some like length of time, but yeah, hmm. I don't know. We should talk to a player agent. We should get like a player agent on board at ours. We should get Rockefeller sports agent, Chris Wingert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jay-Z employee. Just send him yeah, a so DM weird. real quick. See what he says. Yeah. But uh, hey, Chris, yeah, I I, nice. I mean, overall, I'd be very like, like you said, like there's like a, a, a well of players and like, you know, when you think about the players that have played for RSL that we would want to come back at this point, it is a pretty shallow pool of players. I think. Is, yeah. there, is there anyone else? Uh, oh, no, we went through like, that's I would not still a take, home room. I'd still take Carlos Alcedo back. That would oh, be cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, He's probably, it's probably, it is a short list, but he's like maybe the, Sovereigno's number one and he's probably number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else is? <laughs> I mean, honestly, when we went through, um, when we first heard about this and we heard that somebody was coming back, it wasn't a homegrown, I went through the rosters back to like 2013 to see who like it could be that's not retired and not a homegrown. And even just the list of those players is very short. Sovereign was the only one I could think of at the time that wasn't just like a joke that I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the rest of them, like I said, there's a couple homegrown players. That like, players were a joke, but I was making jokes with like, we want to see we're going to bring Yurimov Sissian back for a third Alvaro time. Sabrio. Yeah. I or, mean, Sabrio. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that'd be good. Is yeah. Mavsisian still playing or did he retire? No, he's been retired for a few years. 
I mean, I he's think not, he last played in like 2018. He's not very old though, right? Like he's probably. No, he's, I think he retired young with all of his Russian suitcase money. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 2019. Uh, well, oh, Wait, did he play for Spartak? He did at one yeah. point, but I think that was before he came here. No, it well, yeah, it was. Uh, he was played it for no, it was definitely before because that's when he played Champions League. It was at Spartak, I think. Yeah. What yeah. a confusing career. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I'd be very, I'd be very happy about uh, Jefferson or Jefferson. However, it's so, said both ways from people th- in and ar- in and around the club, <laughs> as Taylor Twelman would say. So, yeah. But I think it's Jefferson. But I don't know. I think the official like pronunciation guide from the team like had it as Jefferson, and then everybody just called him Jefferson. And I don't yeah. think anybody really worried about correcting it. Well, yeah, because we also had Mike Pecky at the time, and it seems like he was the one that would also switch back and forth between the two. And I was never, I was never clear. But anyway, He's not the guy I would trust to like pronounce a foreign <laughs> player's name consistently correctly. How do they say it back in Jersey? I don't think he would like think that's an important thing for a person to pronounce is, names right that is true but so speaking no, of which yeah, it, uh, is, it is a very short list and those two are the only two that like, a, i would be yeah remotely okay with we have to issue a correction on like axel uh k's name oh yeah from oh, we do. Many, many episodes ago it's actually we called him axel kai because that's how the athletic said his name was pronounced and uh, it was wrong so yeah all right so i just posted a link in slack um and that is Mike Petke's most recent uh, like on Twitter. What is and he? T- the tweet is from somebody who says, strictly between you and me, I find settlements stomach churning. They obfuscate vile behavior and allow the rich to avoid facing justice, oh my. which I don't disagree with. Right. Like, Hold on. That is. A f- wait, I, I am so. A, so, OK, we've got to address two things real quick. This seems like the timing of it is right around the women's national team settlement. Yep, it is. It is about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. but also, that's how Petkey left the club. Was in the middle of a settlement. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know. Wait, no, sorry. It's 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 about uh, um, Prince Andrew settling his oh. case with Virginia Jeffrey. Because <laughs> that's what that's what it's about. So I mean, the thing with Prince Andrew uh, Epstein Associates. Oh. Uh, and oh, I'm son, excited son, son of the, the crown. He, uh, I mean, he settled like a like a with all, for a lot of money with, in a civil case with Virginia Jeffrey. So it was never a a criminal case. Um, but he famously was the one who said it couldn't have been him, uh, you know, doing awful things to young because girls of, and women yeah. because he doesn't sweat. And the proof that he doesn't sweat is because of due to uh. the Falkland War that he. <laughs> ostensibly fought in or I don't, I don't know was involved in tangentially like he, yeah uh it he got an adrenaline disorder that prevented him from sweating i guess so mind-numbing the there are many of pictures his, of him looking in, incredibly sweaty though so. yeah and the other big part of his defense was that he said he'd never met the girl and yeah. there's like multiple pictures of them yeah yeah being together i anyway i just thought that was pretty great as his uh, most recent life oh, mike peck is such a freaking character i dude. literally thought when it said like i find settlements i thought it was i thought i was talking about israeli settlements at first yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like is pecky like like 
coming out in support of the of Palestine. Was Palestine? I, I was very I was very confused for a moment, and then I kept reading as brains do. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah. yeah, that is fascinating. That that's Mike Pecky's. I'd like to think that Mike Pecky is like really involved in like following like the Epstein stuff and like had a really tough time dealing with the fact that Jean-Luc Brunel, another Epstein associate just killed himself in a French oh, yeah. prison just like within the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm assuming I would love to talk to, talk to Mike Pecky about that, but I wonder I, I'm imagining Mike Pecky seeing this tweet and just applying it to something that he's deeply passionate about. Like there's like with uh, what being stomach turning. Yeah, I'm or just wondering what he's talking behavior. about. Oh, also, okay, this is like speaking of the the women's national team. Do you guys see like Hope Solo and Carly Lloyd doing that? Yeah, Dude, that is a, that is that is annoying. Like I, yeah, Car- Carly Lloyd got a year long retirement tour, uh, and then now is like, oh, that was like the worst thing I've like worst team I've ever been a part of. Like the culture, I'm like, oh my, yeah, Jeez. I mean. I didn't know I didn't like Carly Lloyd until like very recently. Oh, I, like there were rumors and stuff that Carly Lloyd was like not a fan of a lot of things. Well, yeah, I saw like and, um, there was one person not kneeling in solidarity together during certain uh, games during that consistently tour. all the time yeah. forever. And, yeah, no, she was kind of that kind of stuff. But then, yeah, there's a lot of other fans and not journalists, but people that like knew players that were like. Carly's not that great. And now she gets on Hope Solo's podcast and like immediately is like, hey guys, you were right about me. Every (laughs) single thing that you thought that I was being dumb about, you're exactly right. Yeah, that was so fascinating. I didn't know. Yeah. Anyway, so that was, that was, I mean, like I I had just forgotten some of the like (laughs) hearing things. And then I was reminded, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I don't like her. I didn't, hadn't really developed an opinion before. I know she's really good at soccer, but yeah. It was it was crazy because I heard about the Hope Solo podcast like being a thing like a, a week ago maybe yeah, yeah. and, and I was like oh this will this will for sure produce content that will be like <laughs> talked about eventually at some point somebody's gonna say something silly on it and it was like day two of this thing yeah I believe yeah. it was like your second guest or whatever yeah yeah anyway that's really funny all right next up in our news and rumors uh, the RSL show broke the news that Sebastian Salcedo would like to return. Uh, as he told them over DMs or messages. Yeah. Um, which, how how do you guys feel about that one? I noticed he didn't make your list of players that like really should return. <laughs> no, he kind of didn't, to be honest. Is that is that oversight or is that uh, <laughs> intentional? No. I, okay, so my immediate response was exactly what I told you guys when I heard about it was, I wonder if his agent knows that he's texting people or telling people or, you know, publicly or privately or issuing statements saying that he wants to leave his club. I don't know his club situation. I don't know if he like gets along with people or his coach or whatever, but like he's playing in Mexico on a team that's in the champions league. Like he may not be the star player, but I, it seems like he's in a comfortable enough situation. And that's the kind of stuff that you would want an agent to be like putting out. Cause an agent knows how to like leverage that to increase your salary or increase your prospects or increase something. And a player generally doesn't and shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they time it. So it doesn't come, you know, between yeah. legs of the champ, you know, of the champions <laughs> yeah. league play like so they progressed in champions league. 
It's a really weird thing for a player to be doing at all. Um, And Sebastian's kind of a player that has done really weird things that players probably shouldn't do in the past. Like he famously like openly admitted that like he hates training and practice and like he's come out now and been like, no, I've changed guys. I'm a, I'm a better person and professional now, which yeah, cool. But also if now he's a better person and professional and he's still like a a bench player for Pumas, like he's not going to come plays regularly. Actually. Does he play regularly? Okay. Yeah. No, he does not. Yeah, that's true. So like it would be a fine addition, but it's not one of those that I'm like, yeah, we need to get him back. That's a position of weakness because it's not like it's it's not a position that he would immediately come in and like make a huge difference in. In fact, I think that's probably that along with like center backs. Like we have a lot of players who play like that wing slash like attacking midfielder. Yeah, like winger midfielder kind of. Yeah, and, pseudo forward. And Saverino is better than probably anybody. Maybe save Menendez. Maybe who knows? We don't. Yeah, but he he'd, he'd be an instant starter, right? Yeah, uh, Salcedo. We'd we'd have no guarantee. I'm not sure he's better than Michael Chang. Yeah, yeah, and he would almost certainly be more expensive than Michael Chang. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, cool if he comes back like i'm not opposed to it like he's one of the homegrowns that like crossed my mind as like i'm not opposed to him coming back right but i'm i wouldn't be like clamoring for it or super excited about it you know if if brooks lennon found his way back i think i'd feel exactly the same way like yeah cool but yeah i'm super excited about it did uh I can't remember. Did the RSL show like the club was in discussion with him at all, or is just the saying that he wants to? That he wants to. Oh, I thought I thought they did say that he was the talks were happening. That's in quotation marks. Yeah, I don't know. They might have. That makes me curious. Like, so obviously, Bofo like was talking with them and saying like, "Oh, you guys can, (laughs) you guys can break this news," Um, which is so funny to me because it's like, uh. Like it's almost it certainly seems like, hey, like putting some pressure on the club. Like, is that what Bofa was hoping to be like? Oh, like if I have the RSL show, like post this, like, will they will the club be like, oh, now that like fans know that he wants to come back and people like him, like we have to bring him back. Like, is that what Bofa is that how he I'm just wondering what the game plan there was. Yeah, was, I'm not sure like, there was one for him with with Savarino. <laughs> we know that the, like the club is working to bring him back. But this one was literally seemed to be like Bofo was like talking to like people he he likes and he's friends with and and is like, you know, I I, I want to come me. back. Yeah, like come get me, please. <laughs> like I'm ready to come home. I'm which starting in Champions League, but you know. Yeah, which me. is so interesting to me. Like Savarino's makes a lot of sense because Christian Pavone is is signing with uh that with that club and essentially plays the same position. So Savarino likes it here. Um, you know, has like uh, apparently like wants wants to come back and is losing his spots it, potentially. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of odd and, to me. And now yeah. he's older and wiser, and and it would be a lot easier to like bring his family along with him. Yeah, which I think the story I heard was that was a big part of the reason why he wanted to leave was because. He couldn't be with his family or visit like extended family. Yeah, he and his wife had, stuff. A, had a child, and because of uh, restrictions around travel to Venezuela, he couldn't see his yeah. family. 
Yeah. And that would be incredibly hard, I'm sure. Is that so but like that's still the same though, right? Like I don't have we changed anything around like yeah, I don't, I visitation don't know. with Venezuela because I, I don't kind of seems like we wouldn't. We don't we didn't change anything with like Cuba, for instance. Yeah. Well no, but now that we have a socialist in the White House, <laughs> you would think that we'd be <laughs> It'd be a lot easier for us to travel to socialist countries. Ah, I did see that poll today. That was like number, like percentage of people who think that uh, Russia is communist or something. It was like forty-three percent communist, and it was like twenty-seven percent or something thought they were socialist. It was fascinating. Oh, all right, good stuff. Informed populace. We're to see it. Let's get back to the socialist MLS, uh, where everyone is equal. Uh, and true. talk about uh, Cuellar, uh, Gustavo Cuellar. Uh, again, not much of an update there. Uh, I've been following tweets in Arabic as best I can. <laughs> yeah. I, I, really, I look for anything that's a little like longer than a normal yeah. tweet or has emojis, like a little siren emoji or something. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll translate those. Uh, but if I translated everything with his name, it'd be ridiculous because people talk about him a lot there. Yeah. In Saudi Arabia, uh, fans it- of his club, Al Halal. Yes, like uh, Arab soccer fans are like are go hard. very online. Like, yeah. <laughs> look at how many followers like Mohammed Salah has on like Instagram and like his comments. Like, there is just like if you just go through any of like Quayar's uh, like Instagram as well, it's just yep. like flooded. Like every single post is just like hearts and like all this other stuff. It's it's interesting, but yeah, I, I get the vibe that a lot of it is like player avatar Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like a lot of those people are Which like, is like really problematic, but I know. whatever. Yeah, I mean, they love their team, they love their club, whatever. Good for them. Um, if you search him in Arabic, you will find a photo of them that's been photoshopped uh, to look like he's uh, bloody from ha- and holding swords, like he just killed somebody. Um, yeah. So kind of funny, kind of Good dark, stuff. kind of weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, what I'm seeing is not a lot. He's still playing for Al-Halal. Uh, looks like he did not play their last game, but I don't think that was evidence of of anything other than a Didn't minor injury. I believe it was, yeah, I believe it was an injury. Oh, if he's injured, then he's perfect for RSL. Oh, yeah. It sounded like a, a small muscular injury after the Club World Cup. Um, but I, <coughs> excuse me. I have seen reports that uh, he or that Al-Halal is working on signing another player uh, to replace him when he leaves. Now, of course, that's translated. So huge grain of salt there. Uh, We don't really know what, you know, if that's translated correctly. Uh, But at least there's something to nibble on there. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's still like crumbs of a rumor, but. It's certainly, I mean, obviously it's not going to be our big off-season signing. And I know the club was already tempering it with like, this also could be a summer signing. So like there's definitely still time. We talked about it before, but like the window, the preseason window is still open until May. I guess the winter window is open until the beginning of May. So like we can still make signings and Cuellar could be one of those signings. But then the summer window opens again, I think in... July. July. Yeah. So there's really only like a month and change where we can't make signings for most of the season. So we're going to keep hearing about this until it happens or it doesn't wow. in like August or whenever the window closes. Yeah. 
and uh, he would. I think we all agree he'd be a great player for us, uh, sure. or at least looks like he would be. I mean, he's basically Kyle Beckerman, uh, <laughs> that's and right. that's like, good enough for me. But like better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, more but expensive like, sig- too. Significantly better. Maybe an, an instant upgrade in the midfield. Oh, instant and, and obvious. And we will get to the midfield soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but before we do that, we signed a midfielder slash maybe fullback slash maybe attacker. Wait, we did? Uh, <laughs> yes, we oh, did. Oh, jeez Louise, we did. We announced this, uh, I think, less than an hour before the match started on Sunday. <laughs> uh, and that's that Real Salt Lake signed Jasper Leffelsen. Uh I did look it up, how to pronounce it, and I, I hope Google did not lead me astray. It's not I, good. Thought it was, I thought it was a little bit... I thought the O with the umlauts. I'm happy to let Google take the lead on this, but oh, with the umlauts is usually like a ooh kind of sound. Yeah, so in, 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 in German, it it's kind of ooh. Um, but I think it, maybe it combines with the double F to make a left. I don't know. Yeah, okay. But, okay, that's fair. But Google did tell me left, and that's what the club had said too, is Leffelsund. Okay. Uh, so confirmed that. Uh, he was famously a Real Monarchs player for about a week before <laughs> he signed with us. Um, so I don't, I don't, know what that means and, and there wasn't any clarification about whether or not he signed up two professional contracts right now or <laughs> I mean, one was terminated or you know like the transition from monarchs to rsl player took was record pace yeah um if it if he is on two contracts right now good for him i, I don't think get that's that. legal is it uh no i don't imagine I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, FIFA, FIFA as long Pro as he can allow it as long as he can complete his duties at each one of his jobs, then it's fine <laughs> to have two jobs. That's, that's fair. You're right. I mean, we so are I'm, our jobs and we have this podcast. That's so. right. I do this exact same thing every day. Excuse me for being anti-worker. I did not. That's right. <laughs> mean to it's, be an enemy it's of the actually working class. Good. It's actually good when people have many jobs. <laughs> jobs oh. in and of itself are good and that we should we should everyone should have more of them yeah um i love we love creating jobs ryan even smith if, is yeah i was gonna say ryan smith is already a job creator here yeah he's multiplying these jobs <laughs> that's, that's true <laughs> he's creating jobs at a literal exponential rate because every player that's coming in is getting signed to two. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing and then those people's job like and then those people create more jobs just dealing with how many jobs they have. And then those people get signed to new jobs. It's great. Yeah. So, um, so less yeah. you think uh, Leffelsund is like a young prospect from the Academy or something. Uh, he is a 24 no. year old third round draft pick. How uh, many let's, let's do some quick investigating. Uh-huh. How many players on the current roster is he older than a lot? Do we think <laughs> the majority? Ooh. I feel like we wait. I, I, I'm like, I don't know how old everyone is now. I mean, we signed all those 12 year olds. That's um, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's definitely more than older than a third of the roster. How old is Cordova? Uh, he is 25, I believe. I'm so pulling he's up older the than roster. Every now. goalkeeper. He's younger than Caldwell, younger than Chang, younger than Cordova. He's not older than McMath, though. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Forgot that we have McMath. Uh, is he younger than Aaron Herrera? Is he 24, 25? You're not going to forget about Zach McMath because uh, he's going to be playing a lot. Oh, he's our starting goalkeeper. Yep. Huh. Now, there's legitimately like seven players that are older than him. Oh, man. 
Uh, anyway, job, so draft um, pick is older than. And he was on. Was he on the here. bench on on whatever day that was? Yeah, he yeah, made he made a last minute appearance. Yeah. Oh, that's right. To that's help right. us lock down the boring draw. Oh, and uh, I think those that wraps up rumors and news. So uh, let's move on to the most exciting part of our podcast. Uh, the part where we talk about our match against Houston Dynamo. Did I put the right excitement into my voice for that? I didn't want to overreact. No, you had exactly the right level of excitement, which was, no disrespect, very little. Yeah. This was a match that It happened. was a, the sleepiest Sunday afternoon match you could possibly have put on. Yeah. Matt, you have five bullet points for this match, and I think that's about four too many. Well, let's just read this first one. Uh, it's the fourth <laughs> one I said first. Uh, and here's my analysis of the match. Some people were angry. Some were happy. Most were bored. Yeah. yeah and I'm curious what camps you both fall into. Um, uh, I was a little bit column A, column B. Not really column C, but... okay. I'm angry just generally about the state of the roster and this team and the coaching and like, you know, yeah, everything else that goes into this team. But I was happy that we're playing games again. It's happy to be able to like know that the weekend is coming and there's a game to watch. That's true. I like that. I did genuinely feel excited for the game before it started. Not after it started. So, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, same as Trevor. I mean, I it's I've got some pretty big frustrations with um a lot of the patterns of play that we discussed we that we saw in preseason um that was quote just practice. Uh I uh I had have the same concerns I had after watching a lot of those games except um I mean, I I think we have a pretty decent like defensive line outside of uh um, well anyway um yeah like <laughs> it was fine defensively i guess but yeah i uh i've i've just got some pretty major concerns with just literally everything that happened when we had the ball so yeah i, I weep for our offensive production this year yeah, i genuinely think we're gonna for, score less than 30 goals this year for the team oh. yeah for a team oh. that for a team that's so joyously like laughed about Albert Rusnak leaving or whatever. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, so so we put Demir Krylik ostensibly in that role, right? Yeah, like, of, yeah, sort of. Um, and I I was talking about this online, probably in Slack. I don't remember where, but we he he can't do what Albert Rusnak did, right? No, Krylik no. is is fantastic. We all love him. I don't think anyone here doubts that he should be playing. No. Um, but we look like we're trying to play this high press system about thirty percent of the time, um, and the other seventy percent. I don't know exactly what our defensive idea is, but it's not necessarily high press. Well, and our but our high press is, is not that player, right? Krylik no, he's not. And absolutely not that player. This team hasn't been that team. Like we've been kind of trying to do some version of a high press for the last several years, and it always turns into like two players are pressing and the other three aren't. Yeah. Or three players are pressing and the other two aren't. Or four players are pressing and then they find the one that's not, and then all of a sudden, four players are are useless. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this team for whatever reason 
can't press together and can't press effectively. And like when they do do it and it works, it did work a couple of times against Houston where we won the ball back in good spots. Yeah. But Houston's never mind. All disrespect to Houston. Houston's a bad team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. So like, yeah, you're gonna win some of those against bad teams. But once we play like a Seattle, once we play like a, a any other team, because most of them are better than us, we're gonna get like roasted. Our high press, whatever it is, just is not good enough and is basically non-existent. Yeah. It's as good as non-existent. With Krylik in there, like the issue isn't that he can't coordinate a high press, right? Like he's clearly got the smarts to know the right times to press, but he's not a fast player. No. Like he doesn't have that close down speed. And Rusnak was the only thing that made that almost sort of work. Yeah. Now, statistically, it did not work for Real Salt Lake last year. No. Um which it makes it even more amazing that we scored so many goals uh, and very bizarre. Um, but but without Rusnak, we basically said, hey, Krylik, you are this player now. Yep. Um, but he's not a mobile player. Like, that's not who he is. He needs a defined area to play in, and he doesn't have one. And that <sighs> is very distressing because it basically turned into him being a third defensive midfielder. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Which, again, is, like, not his strength, being a defensive midfielder. No. His strength is definitely, like, being an offensive player and a player that's involved in the offense. But I I don't know that he's a facilitator. I don't think that, like, Rusnak was a brilliant facilitator by any means. But I know Demir is not as good as at facilitating as Rusnak was. Yeah. yeah. And he's... I mean, his strength for the team last year lied in being the tallest guy in the box when we could cross the ball into the box. And now we've kind of taken that away from him. If he's going to be that facilitator. Yeah. We've taken that away from him when he's that facilitator or also when the one guy who was passing it to him all through those crosses is gone. So that's like what I was saying in the preseason games when Aaron Herrera wasn't there. Like I was like, are we establishing patterns of play that allow us to play a certain style when we don't have like the ideal, uh, personnel in order to to do a certain thing that we rely on over and over again and it appears the answer is no we have not established any type of pattern of play that like it makes us dangerous at all in the slightest like our best chance came from chang taking like a pretty uh very hopeful shot very hopeful shot that that challenged the keeper was a good shot but it wasn't like i didn't think it was I, i mean it just kind of made something out of nothing and well, and, and their goalkeepers started an MLS Cup last year. Yeah, it's like, Steve Clark. Yeah, yeah, like it. It, it was. It's it, Chang. The Chang chance to me really screamed like it felt like a player that came on and wanted to make a difference. Yeah, and just wanted to like make his presence known. So he just got the ball and kind of dribbled a bit, found some space, and took a shot. Yeah, which great. That's what I want from the guy on the bench. But that's like. As an offensive strategy, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah, there was like this moment after uh, Sergio Cordova and Johnny Menendez came in where like someone in the midfield had the ball like pretty. It wasn't too far in front of like the midfield line. And we just had just two guys standing like at the top of the box, just like kind of expecting like a ball to be played to them from like 
40 yards away while they just kind of stood there and there was like no one else up the field. And it was like, so we had some of the most baffling offensive shape I had ever seen from this team in that game where I was just like, there is literally no plan. Like there, it it wasn't even like, and that's, that's something that like, even though of course, like Albert, we like, we harped on a lot of the problems that we saw from him, but it was like, there were like, he, he did a lot for our midfield, (laughs) like try, like transitioning the ball. Like we didn't have anyone in the midfield who got the ball and just moved it up the field. Like it was, it was long balls over the top. So like it, Matt posted Bobby Woods heat map and it was absurd. Like our, our striker was playing like almost spent his entire game Everywhere. chasing, chasing down uh, long passes in the corner of the field. Like at the, well, fo- it- like that's where he spent his game was at the corner of the field because he was just pat- chasing down long passes. But also like he wasn't, even like restricted to like the offensive part of the field. No, he had touches like all over everywhere, but like none of them, very few of them were like in the box in zone 14 in and around the deep. Like they were all on the wing. Yeah. Middle of the field or like on the defensive third, which yeah, speaks volumes when your striker can't get the ball anywhere near goal yeah so that's when i'm like i don't care like we were missing rubio rubin it's like okay yeah but he's another player who like had to absolutely fight for service last year and yeah. we have even less this year so it's yeah, like he had to create all of his own stuff all yeah, last so year I, exactly so i was like we could have robert Lewandowski, and he's getting <laughs> five goals a season with this system because we can't get the ball up the field in a way that actually presents itself and uh puts our, our strikers into dangerous positions like it's just it was so insane to me like just how lost we looked offensively it was extremely concerning but you know so here's a question then um some people would say that it's overreaction to like be this worried after game one um i think it's clear that i'm not one of those people i am also worried um but i wonder like are we worried too much after game one and how much of it is because we paid attention to preseason which ostensibly was bad yeah Yeah, well, it's the problem with this game is that we knew the problems going into it and we were watching the game early. So I was watching the game hoping that my fears would be allayed and that I would be like, oh, we do have a plan. We can get the ball forward. It's fine. Preseason's preseason and it doesn't, you know, whatever. We could watch the game against a bad Houston team and they could do things that would make me go, oh, I see what I didn't see before. This is new. This is this is not the concern that I have about this team. But what we saw through the whole game was all of our concerns realized. Yeah. Like we we pretty much figured that there's going to be very little offensive production because we lost Rusnak. We pretty much figured that the defense is going to be okay, but it might still be weird because we might still be playing a three-man back line. We don't have Aaron Herrera, so nobody's going to have any service uh, for crosses. And Justin Miram still going to double or dribble into double teams. Like everything that we kind of saw last season and we're like, we can't keep doing that this season. We're still doing. And the roster updates, changes, whatever, nothing has really made any difference. So I do think it's definitely too early in the season to be like, well, we're bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely win games and we can definitely like pull through, but 
uh, I'm definitely worried because we've been worried and all the work, like all the worries are still there. We see them. Yeah. There's nothing saving us from any of it. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I maybe like I, there were, there were very specific things I was looking for in preseason, uh, mainly like around the fact that we no longer have Albert Rusnak and uh, no more Anderson Julio off the bench to just like run on to a long ball or whatever. We didn't really, I wouldn't say we actively involved Anderson in like a very specific style of play because when he started, it was, it was the same thing. And when he came on as subs, it was the same thing, except he was just more effective because he was running against tired legs. But so, yeah, like Trevor was saying, like there were things that we were, I was specifically looking for in that game. And I, it was like, just again, our fears realized. <laughs> I was like, I like, I mean, the the post game or the the like match report thing that the PR department sends out or whatever was touting Chang's shot as like the the big offensive highlight, which is just I mean that it like, was that's accurate, it, it, right? right. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's accurate, yeah, but that's sad. It and the ex- exactly, and I was just like, oh, like I get it, and I, it, it sucks for, for them to have to pretend like that was something incredible. Like I'm just like. I there there are always going to be games in every season where there's just kind of a, a snoozer and like a team can't like really create in the way that they want to and I understand that and like that happens it sucks to see that on the first day of the season though when we were like kind of reassured that preseason is preseason and like you know uh, it's just practice but normally you want to practice things that make you better in the regular season and I was concerned about the things that I was seeing in quote practice so that's that's like my thing now and i'm just i don't like i'm i'm worried about the game against seattle cuz they're coming off a loss uh and i'm also worried because they we knocked them out of the playoffs they're going to be very motivated hopefully we will be too cuz albert and everything else but it's i you know so i don't mean to jump out of the seattle game but i'm just like i'm just worried about a lot of things right now i'm not like yeah the sh- the the ship isn't sinking well i I don't the wheels aren't aren't off i'm just worried if i'm like the air pressure sensor is on and i'm like huh (laughs) yeah so i posted the uh that's the passing map in slack for you to take a look at and it's bad uh let's pretend that we don't know who these players are uh i would ask uh what formation are we playing here (laughs) oh this is this is really an attack mostly well, no, hang on. Yeah, I mean, it would look like a four, I don't know, four-man back line, and there's no cohesion going forward. It's it's a four-five-one, right? A defensive four-five-one. Pretty much, yeah. With uh, wingers that are playing defensively. Um, so wingers so, that are playing like centrally. Yeah. To talk there's about no what this looks this like at all. Uh, so we have. Uh, it, it looks from a first glance uh like eric holt is playing right back justin glad and marcel silver playing center back tate schmidt is playing left back andrew brody is playing left wing justin miriam is playing like a very tucked in or sorry uh, brody's playing right wing justin miriam is playing a very tucked in left wing i guess it's very tucked in right Uh, and then you have three midfielders all with passes starting in the same average position in Caldwell, Ruiz, and Krylik. Yeah. And they're all right in the very center of the field. Yeah. And that's something that I think we really miss with Albert is that like he covered a lot of ground 
uh, from whatever position he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I, the midfield is, it's like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, you guys know that, that walkie guy who makes those funny yep. men's national team videos. Yeah. There's this one where he highlights, uh, Eunice Musa against, well, a, a lot of it features Eunice Musa, but, um, it's not necessarily just about him, but it was, I think it was about like that really good game that the, that the Nats had against, uh, Jamaica. And it, he just features like players just dribbling the ball forward with the ball. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> we should, he's like, we should do this. Like this is like good things happen when you just do this. And when you just have like a player in the midfield who can get the ball and dribble it forward <laughs> and like possess the ball like that. And I like, don't see any of that. And this passing chart is very concerning because if you look where our midfielders are playing passes, it's anyway. All right, so I just posted another chart, uh, and I'm curious if you can tell me which player this is. Uh, it, I'll say this. It's a substitute. Uh, I'm just curious if you can tell what player it is from the dots. And it's a passing no. chart. Uh, so this is uh, Cordova. Wait, this is where they're making passes or where they're receiving passes? Where they're making passes. This is Cordova? This is Cordova. Uh, no touches inside the box. Nope. Uh, nothing really in the final third, like maybe the edge of the final third. Like, yeah, four passes are where you would expect to see Aaron Herrera's crossing. This this crossing. is what Coming happens from. when you don't have a midfield that can like contain, possess the ball and like move it up the field because it's requiring our attackers to come back yep. and do this. <laughs> and I don't and I don't like we don't have anyone on the roster that can fix that. Like, I guess. Unless, unless like we really do something different, like I think Demir can be that player, but we are now relying him as our, uh, as our number ten, I guess. I guess. And so he's like in a just different positions to where he's now also kind of relying on the ball as like as a, as an attacker instead of being a midfielder that brings the ball forward. So it's like, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's like have. Joni Menendez play like the role that Albert used to and like move Demir back. I don't know what it looks like, but clearly this roster or this staff doesn't trust Joni Menendez because he can't get a start over Justin Miram. Um, and, and Justin Miram, who famously can't go 90 minutes anymore. Yeah. Like it's um, I, one, one he, more... he could okay, Justin Miram could barely go 40 minutes in that game. He was giving up yeah. after like I was, I was very frustrated with, some of his uh, lack of effort in that game. But anyway. Um, Okay. One final thing. Um, Just looking at the loss of possession stats. Uh, And of course, Bobby Wood is up at the very top. You'd expect that he doesn't have the support. Yeah. He's a forward forwards are going to lose the ball more often. It's just what it is. Yep. Uh, The distressing one for me. uh, So just Miriam three times again, like you, you kind of expect it, right? Uh, And you can kind of accept it. Uh, then seeing uh, Scott Caldwell with three, Krylik with two, Cordova with two, despite being in for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's not something that inspires hope, right? And that's no. what we wanted to start the season, was something to like give us hope. We've got I mean, all this external like optimism because we have new ownership. Uh, but the people at the club are the same people. Like, yeah, no, that's- nothing has changed there. That's that's something I worry about is like you get all of this really good momentum with like, you know, 
lots of good talk about like what's coming and that kind of thing. Like you get a lot of excitement about, about the club and like the direction we're like, I mean, we're told we're heading. Um, and I, and I believe that, that, that like, there are a lot of good things that are going to, that are going to start changing and that have been, I guess. Yeah. But I, as far as the product on the field goes, um, you can kill a lot of that excitement real quickly when you play a game like that. Yeah. <laughs> and especially at home upcoming this weekend, like it's like, I, I, that's, that's what I worry about. Like I think about that stuff a lot, but yeah. And I, I, I'm especially like when I think about like the beginning of last season, like the first game of the season last year was uh, at Minnesota and it was electric. I mean, we didn't, yeah. we didn't uh, dominate possession or anything, but, uh, Rubia Rubin and Anderson Julio were like showed out and it was great. And we're and now we are unclear about how injured anyone on this roster is. Achoa's out, Aaron's out, yeah, Rubia let's, Rubin's uh, out. Sorry. Should we tra- no, you're yeah. good. Let's transition to Seattle and uh let's just talk uh who's in and out. So yeah, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron Herrera's out, Rubio Rubin's out, David yeah, and, Joe's and unless out. You, unless you think Aaron Herrera's out uh because of that red card. Uh, no, that red card was just the last match that he was suspended for. Uh, he also has a quad issue that is keeping him out. I confirmed that with the club today. Yeah. Uh, which, and real which, quick, can I can I clarify something? Yeah. Yeah. How many preseason minutes did he play? Zero. And he definitely didn't play last week. Right. So w- when did this quad issue come up? That is has a it, has it been question. Per- a, a while or was it like training this past week oh no we got unlucky aaron herrera got injured on, he, was, like, he was obviously hurt in preseason and the answer we heard was you already know what he can do or whatever that, yeah, yeah that that's what i'm getting at a light like, injury right and you don't no, want to push him for sure and i and i totally get that and yeah. i and I, another thing is if aaron's on the injury report last week then maybe he does end up having to serve a suspension after he comes back from injury. Is that something? No, no. He, I don't be, think that is. Uh, yeah, unless you make the, I guess the the disabled list or the season-ending injury list, maybe that affects it, but not otherwise. Okay. So like he would be f- fine. Like he could serve a. He could just be injured and serve a suspension. Yeah, he has served right. his suspension. Cool. All right. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm entirely unclear about how injured anyone is because yeah. and it's concerning. This oh. is part of the like growing conspiracy theory is a really strong way to put it but my growing problem with like the communication from the team is if we had it all last year and we've had it like pretty much since petkey in one form or another with them not telling us who's playing where they're playing when they're playing we now got the jasper leffelson thing with him being on two contracts and we've had the injury reports for like two years um, where we just don't know anything about anything before the game. And the only explanation we've ever got about any of it is what the formation is. Uh, the coach doesn't like giving out information before the game, which is garbage. Yeah. The format you have to do the formation graphic before the game. Like seriously, that needs like, to be a thing. Like I, I don't, I don't really, I mean, that's very whatever. minimum, right? Like we usually kind of have some type of like, what amounts to be some type of wordle game where we figure out what the formation is and that's kind of fun but for the average fan it's really annoying 
Yeah, it's that's the thing. Like we know, obviously, we follow the team. We know the team. We've watched this team for years and years and years, and we know the roster pretty well. And we know where everybody can play. Yeah, and every single week we see the formation or the lineup, whoever's playing, and we have no clue what they're doing. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> Which is, we have to deconstruct it, right, and put everyone yeah, in their place, yeah. and then we can and get it. But or maybe hear on the fan, radio what it is. Yeah. yeah, or or Dunny puts it out like two minutes before the game. Hey, this is what you should look for, and this is what you should expect. And there have been not several, but there have been times where Dunny has just like presented it as a pre like game formation thing, and it's just not been correct. Yeah, like, straight up, the team is not playing the way that Dunny said. And I don't think that's Dunny's fault. I think no. Dunny's doing just as much, not just as much guesswork as we are, but no, I feel yeah. like part of it is guesswork and putting two and two together. And sometimes you come up with four and sometimes you don't. Um, a pause here uh, to wish one Mr. Brian Dunseth, who I'm sure does not listen to this podcast, <laughs> a very happy birthday. Yeah, yeah happy birthday, uh, Dunny. And also Sarah Todd, happy birthday. Friend if of the you, program. If you haven't seen uh, Colin's uh, tweet to her today, um, go watch it. It <laughs> is great. I don't. I won't spoil it. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think I think back often to that one uh, formation that we put out against uh, San Jose, where we like Joni Menendez was playing like defensive midfielder or whatever. <laughs> And like just the amount of back and forth I had to have with the club to establish what in the world that was, was so funny. Like I was like yeah. literally texting graphics back and forth. Okay. Is this one right? Cause this is the one we're going to put out. Okay. Is this, Oh, I know like Joni's like a little bit more like deeper, like more of like a pivot role. So I was literally just moving circles around on a screen until I got it right, <laughs> which was like at least three tries. Yeah. And so it was, it's like, just literally just do the formation thing. Yep. I don't understand then, why we don't do that. Do the formation thing, but then also yeah. don't lie on the injury report. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, one thing here is that MLS doesn't require teams to put out good injury reports, right? Yeah. Okay. So and this is this rant is kind club, of against man. the team. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard to blame the club for it, but also it's yeah, it seems <sighs> like like this is a thing that other teams do too, from what I I was because I uh was I kind of was following Sounders stuff like for Champions League and uh, like their game on Sunday or whatever. And yeah, like there's confusion around like certain players and like their status. So like it's not unique, but I like I'd like to see us maybe just be a little different and better yeah, than just about the yeah, average. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to like I, just because the rest of the league is also <laughs> bad at this doesn't mean yeah. that I like to see our club be bad at it. Yeah. yeah, this this kind of sounds like what I I hate hearing from like I don't hate it, but I I don't like it when media members are like complaining about not having proper access to information because like they for some reason like deserve that yeah. information, you know. And I don't want to sound like that. This is me as a fan genuinely being annoyed that like regardless of the rules we're basically being lied to about a lot of things and like that sucks like how am i supposed to be happy about the team or support a team that's like lying to me about these kind of like simple easy things like if they're injured great just let us know we're not gonna like not buy our season tickets because aaron yeah. herrera is injured for a couple games like yeah and we're still, gonna, we're still gonna go to the game we're still gonna support the team we still want the team to win just yeah. tell us that people are injured well, and at this point, we don't know, like Aaron Herrera, we now know has a quad injury. Uh, David Ochoa, have the severity. 
David Ochoa, we did we hear it was a not a knee issue, right? Was I, it? I a, thought it was. I thought I heard hamstring. Hamstring. For Ochoa? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was hamstring as well. So, but, but, again, but that no we got on the severity through commentary, right? Yeah. Um, Nobody has been able to say like, oh yeah, he'll be out for five weeks. He'll be out for two weeks. Yeah. We're going to test again in six weeks. Like none of that information. Be reevaluated. Yeah. And this really has to come from the league to work, right? You see this in, there are leagues where it works, where you get estimates on players and you get meaningful updates. And then there are leagues like MLS where you don't. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and this is not to bring up baseball because of that whole situation, but Baseball is excellent at this kind of thing. They have 10 day injured lists and 40 or 60 day injured lists. And like, it's all very much managed and very obviously reported and communicated to everybody. So everybody knows every inch of the roster and where everybody stands at any given time. It's too bad. There'll never be a baseball game again. Yeah. Too bad. (laughs) But, um, no, like that's, that's where I'm coming from. Like, it's possible we can do it. I'm not asking for like exact roster designations for like, short-term, long-term injuries or anything like that. I just want to know these things. I don't, yeah. it doesn't give you a competitive advantage. I don't believe that, that it gives you a competitive advantage that, that like a team might not know that Aaron Herrera is injured. Like yeah. it doesn't, I don't yeah. buy that for a second. Yep. Especially about the formation thing, but also about injuries. Oh yeah. All right. Well, um, and Demir Krylik is still listed as questionable. That may go some way to explaining his performance, being more conservative uh, on Sunday. Um, doesn't give me extra hope for this weekend. Um, no. Hopefully he didn't aggravate anything. Uh, I don't remember what the injury was, but was it calf? I think it was calf. I never heard anything about that one, so he, I don't know. He and his family adopted a calf recently, and uh, <laughs> they've been it's it's nice. been having some health troubles, so. We growing up, we did have cows, and uh, they're very cute, very smelly, and uh, not a whole lot of fun. You don't say. Yeah. Speaking of Bofo, yeah, he's playing right now for Pumas against Santos. Oh, how are they like, doing? Uh, Pumas just scored an own goal, but it wasn't Bofo oh, cool. that scored it. Love Dang. a good own goal. Uh, yeah, so pretty, pretty weird. But yeah, he's still like he started for Pumas tonight. Yeah. But he's thinking about the other woman. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Liga MX teams in Champions League, um, did want to point out for this Saturday, um, Seattle does have a Champions League game on Tuesday following Saturday. Mm. So there is a chance that we see kind of a weakened starting 11 resting a whole bunch of players for that Champions League game. Wait, are they in the second leg of a series of a or the or the, this is a new round? It's the first leg of the the next round. It's against okay. Leon and oh, it yeah. is so they away need... to Leon. Okay, so yeah, they need to focus on that one. Yeah, that's good for us. Do you think they'll fly out of Salt Lake? Maybe that'd be interesting. Ooh, uh, I mean, they c- could and probably should. Yeah, I wonder maybe. if that gives them a chance. I mean, and with the game ending at six seven p.m., that gives them a chance to get on a flight to Leon. I mean, it'll be chartered, so I guess it doesn't matter, but. Yeah, but they'll, they'll get there that night and then yeah. wake up Sunday morning in Mexico. So that that may give them a little bit more flexibility with who they play. I, I guess the real could. question is, do you think we'll see Albert Rusnak? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. think he, I he think can play, play two games and 
five in four days, right? We've seen he's that. young yeah. and he's spry and, and he's he getting is, paid. So he's well, and he's always been like a pretty healthy player, right? Like, did yeah, we see any long term injuries from mm-hmm. him? No, nearly every minute of every game last year. So yeah, MLS Ironman, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you think we'll win? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I. I really hope so, but I like I literally just don't know how we can win. I, I don't know how we can score unless we I, I don't I I just based on what I saw, I'm just have no idea how we can win. I could think we could tie again. <laughs> yeah. I mean it won't go to penalties, so we don't have that option. No, That's I, right. I think there will be goals scored. Um but I yeah, like Kyle, I, I think it's a real stretch for us to come out and say, oh, one of the best teams in the league. Yes, we will compete with them. Yeah, and, it's like the, and they, they lost their first game, but it was also to Nashville, who's really good. Yeah, yeah. so I, I can't I'm not ruling it out, but I can't envision a scenario that's extremely realistic where we are going to like win this game comfortably. Yeah, I would love to be wrong. I'm just don't like I literally just don't know how it's possible to do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, we're we're not going to outcoach him. I'm I'm an I'm a media expert. Be fired up about it and don't care about it simultaneously. And prove, <laughs> prove me wrong. We're we're not going to outcoach no. Brian Schmetzer. I don't think we're going to out effort them based on what we saw last week. Like I don't think we're going to out hustle them. Now we did see Seattle lose to Nashville. Nashville, yeah. yeah. Um, but Nashville's good. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, like, it's easy to sometimes I look at Nashville and I think Nashville's good. Yeah, uh, but then I remember that they're team. different from Cincinnati or Yeah, they they came in at the same time but they had a very different trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. I guess yeah. is there anything else to say? <laughs> like well, I mean, okay, so it's the, it's the home opener. Oh, yes uh, it is. So we've got that going for us. Um People will be there and be excited. The problem, though, is that it appears it's going to be snowing. <laughs> I think. Oh. I don't know if we're going to be in orange ball territory, but uh, oh, I'm going to look at the weather. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a cold one, which uh, kind of sucks. Let me check Sandy, since downtown and Sandy can have are in sort of a different ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. different different climates. Oh, this shows uh, snow and rain. Okay, oh, hot dog. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a very cold one, I think. Yeah, it'll probably um, feel colder than it is. But that four PM start uh, should be to our benefit. So that's yeah. Good. <laughs> does sound sure, like he'll yeah. fell out, um, which cool. Uh, does sound also like uh, we'll see how many seats are filled that day, I guess. Yeah, and I know uh, is a Utah Youth Soccer Association. Uh, the club is partnering with that should have made it in the news, but I, I don't know. I don't, don't, well, I don't it's, it's, uh, it's not the club, the club. It's literally just like the Utah Federation. So it's like yeah. all the clubs that participate in. Yeah. So all of their members uh, or all of, yeah, I don't know what members means in this context, uh, but they're all getting tickets to the season opener. Uh, oh, was it the season opener? I thought it was that they like got one ticket to a game. Yeah. That's what I thought too, but I oh, might have misread this. I right. thought that they like, would probably limit it to be like you guys can come this game you guys can come that game all right let me uh but maybe let me just double check that uh 
talk, talk amongst yourselves. While you look at that, I want to bring up what uh, our good friend Ian just brought up. Oh, yeah. The Slack. Um, so the question was I asked mean. by Alex Mower, who we know and like, and also asked by RSL Show, who we know and like. Um, if Albert Rusnak plays and scores against RSL this weekend, does he celebrate? Oh man, that is a good, that actually is a good question because I, my first instinct was to say no. Um, but it depends on how much he's been paying attention to like what fans have been saying about him. You know, I kind of think it's that like if, if he has been paying a lot of attention, like, and he sees like, Oh, people have been saying this and this and this, which maybe his dad who spends a lot of time on Twitter, it seems may have been talking with him about it. I don't know, but we should um, check his likes next. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, that is a good question though. Uh, I, I, I kind of don't think he will, but if he does score, which it would be funny if this is the time he finally scores for Seattle, but (laughs) this is his only goal of the year. That would be awesome, actually. Um, he has his but, Houston game against RSL where he scores two goals and then doesn't do anything for five games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would kind of be bummed if he did. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the follow-up question to that is, how would you feel if he celebrated? I'd be, I'd be kind of bummed. <laughs> I would be too, but I want it to happen. Like, I love that rage. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's basically my response. Like Twitter would be on fire. You know, if he, did. He, he, you know, I, I don't think he would do that. I, I, I'm, I'm now, I think I've talked myself into thinking, do you think he'd do the, uh, arms down? Like the Bernie walk thing? No, he would do the, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the thing? Uh, kind of just like do the thing, oh, like kind of, oh, like shush, kinda, like, like shush, kind of like you're shushing your teammate, like, nope, like your teammates a like, little bit. It, yeah. Keep it calm. Keep it calm. Yeah. Like that type of thing. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, one, arms at his side, like stiff as a board and then maybe just let his teammates, teammates it, ha- yeah. chop him down or something. That'd be funny. <laughs> I Why don't honestly, the Timbers do that for be, every celebration? Or uh-huh. the Timbers could like take a player and put them on Timber Joey's log and he could... <laughs> Saw him in half. <laughs> yeah, it would be a great magic trick. Uh, I I think I would honestly be more upset if he like did like the muted celebration thing where he like tried like the whole like celebrating a goal against your previous team thing. Like some people take that so seriously, yeah. and that's the part of it that I honestly don't like or do like. I don't know. That's the part that fires me up. I don't honestly care if players like where they celebrate how they celebrate like whatever do your thing you're getting paid to play a game play a game have fun but i think i would enjoy him celebrating and seeing everybody get upset about that more than i would him trying to shush everybody yeah that'd be good i think there'd be a whole lot of people that are like oh yeah good for snacks that that's the player that we like he he's showing respect to his former class and like that would fire me up yeah right (laughs) yeah this like false humility (laughs) thing yeah yeah I'm over that whole thing yep <laughs> all right well i suppose now's as good a time uh, to end the episode as any man. any uh parting words for us all uh my twitter username is trevor underscore brady if you play counter-strike let me know <laughs> oh oh before we sorry uh not to cut kyle off um you were both right it is 2-1 2022 rsl home match 
I just got so used to reading home opener and press releases that my brain mm. just filled in the gaps. Oh, okay. So uh, that's fair. All right, Kyle. Um, wait, was I supposed to say something? If you have any, fun, yeah, like as an outro. I, you know, let's let's do let's do our best out there on Saturday, huh? Let's go out there, <laughs> and let's do our best. That's the most our... little league coach pep talk I've ever heard in my life. I'm I'm just I'm just kind of nervous about it, to be honest. I'm feeling yeah. kind of ill thinking about that game, but yeah, you know, are you gonna be there? Know, yeah, good. I'll be there unless I like I don't know get COVID or something before oh, then, but that would that, be bad. I'm not planning on on that being a thing, but you know, weirder things have happened. But I'm, you know, COVID seems to be on the down and down. I, you, Matt, I think you literally just got it right at the buzzer, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it makes me a little skeptical that it's actually gone, and maybe yeah. that uh, everyone oh, no, having home tests is yeah. changing things. But I knew, I do know that you know, uh, severe cases are going down, and that's like indisputably a good thing so yeah yeah for, for sure. sure yeah so um yeah long story short i will be there and i will not be stopped from getting tacos so anyone who was planning on stopping me from getting tacos you watch you won't back. do that Noted. to me <laughs> you will not be stopping me from getting tacos so i'm excited uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll uh, be fun to see friends, I guess, and be cold. It'll be fun to be yeah. back in the stadium. Yeah, in the seats that we paid for because we have an owner that we can respect and pay for things now. Yeah, man, it's a good time to be and jobs, so we can be productive members of society. Mm-hmm. I love creating jobs. I'm a job creator when I go to go a game. create some yeah. jobs by buying a couple of beers while I'm there. Oh, the thing that I always got excited about. Um, this is a home opener, so we should mention the homebrew isn't happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, they canceled it a few months ago because they didn't know what COVID was going to be like. Fair. Which, totally fair. Totally understandable. Uh, they did say that they are planning on doing it sometime this year. So keep an eye out for that because that's the best home game of the year. Always nice. and forever. Chili Cookoff is the best home game of the year. I don't know. Chili Cookoff is the second best home when, game of the year. When, like, everyone who comes to try my chili uh, tells me halfway through the game, like, it still burns. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. And I say, well, I told you it was spicy. Why do you eat so much? Anyway. I'm excited, uh, so I'm excited really for that to be my work. mistake. Yeah. I'll make that mistake, too. Uh, oh, we all will. My parting word is I'm still a little puzzled why Anderson Julio appears on the uh, official RSL roster. Oh, that's because the official RSL roster... Well... The official RSL website is not as updated as frequently as you or I would like to think. Well, and it's it, the yeah. MLS roster, so um, I yeah, but that's I still just know. like words that somebody has to go in and erase on a on a web page. Like maybe somebody hasn't done that yet. Maybe that's all I'm saying. Like or maybe he's secretly yeah. on the team, and now that we've recorded an episode, he's going to be announced tomorrow. You know, or oh, like my. ten minutes before the game, ten <laughs> minutes before the lineups come out. How's that? And he's going to be in the lineup and he's going to be starting center forward and he's going to score a thousand goals. Do you know, do you know that thing that always happens when we record an episode and then the very next day something happens yeah. in the news? Yeah, like, I, can't wait. I think we figured it out this week. This week it's going to be the Anderson Julio is going to be signed and delivered tomorrow. Oh man. Signed, sealed, Go delivered. team. And I hope Looking we pay $3 million for him and he's only playing off the bench. I hope that happens. 
And he um, makes 21 appearances and scores 21 goals. That's right. Uh, I will say I haven't seen anything about him on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, I'm very confused by that. But anyway, wow, we did a long one. We yeah. were over. Anyway, Ten but uh, yeah, that's uh, parting thoughts is predicting the future. Great. Good night. Good night. Bye.